The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Main Street Vegan. Very happy to be with you today. We're going to be talking about all things veganic. And if you would like to join our chat, please give a call at 888-558-6489. Because right now, first seven or eight minutes, it's just you and me, and we could just talk, and you could ask me anything you want to know, like, what kind of dog do you have? That's what Jeff just asked, and I put him up in front of the Skype, and and little Forbes showed his beautiful face to our engineer Jeff out there at Unity Village in Missouri, and Jeff said, I see your schnauzer face, which is very cool because he's a schnoodle, and not everybody gets that. They always think he's a, uh, a poodle a cocker spaniel or something like that, but he is a schnauzer poodle and brings a lot of love into my life. I hope you're having love in your life today and good food and all sorts of other wonderful things. Sometimes people ask me, what's your favorite website? What's your favorite blog? Well, my goodness, there are so many. You could just spend your whole time staring at a screen. I do have to say, I am mighty, mighty fond of Dr. Michael Greger's nutritionfacts.com. O-R-G. That's nutrition, F-A-C-T-S dot org. We've had Dr. Gregor on the show before. He's going to be one of the guest speakers on the Main Street Vegan Cruise the last week of February 2015. If you want to check that out, just go to MainStreetVegan.net and uh, click the little button that says Cruise and read all about it. We'll have Dr. Gregor, World Peace Diet, Will Tuttle, Pastry Chef, Fran Costigan, who's the big vegan chocolate expert. But today I was on Dr. Greger's site, nutritionfacts.org, just learning so much stuff. And the reason that I like this site so much, well, there are two reasons. One is that everything that's on here comes directly from the scientific literature. And that actually has something to do with our show today. So you'll see that there is a method to my madness. The other thing that I really like about nutritionfacts.org is that they're one-minute videos. 
and we've all got enough of an attention span to comprehend and remember what we learn in a wonderful one-minute video. And there's so much that's great on there. Today's video, which actually he'll he'll send you via email every day for free if you sign up, is Blood Type Diet Debunked. And I was really happy to see this today. There's been quite a few studies, one really big one in Norway and some others as well that have come out in the scientific literature in the past year about that theory that if you have one kind of blood type, you should eat lots and lots of meat. And if you have another blood type, you don't need very much and you could even be vegetarian. But if you've got another blood type, then you need to drink milk because your ancestors were herders. But evidently, as interesting as that sounds, there is absolutely nothing scientific or physiological to back it up. And these researchers went into a great deal of detail. And if that's something you would like to read about, just check it out at nutritionfacts.org, where there's all sorts of other incredible, interesting stuff like phytates used in the treatment of cancer. Now, we've always been told that phytates, which are a naturally occurring substance in certain vegetables, particularly some greens like spinach and and beet greens, are, are a bad thing because they can bind calcium and iron and make those harder to assimilate. And yet, when it comes to treating cancer, phytates can be a good thing. The idea that vegetables and fruits are a veritable pharmacy without any side effects is pretty, pretty cool. And how about this one? Two kiwi fruit an hour before bedtime as a help for insomnia. Is that cool or what? I really like kiwi fruits. They even have omega-3 fatty acids. You know, we're always talking about flaxseed and walnuts and algae-based supplements, but kiwi have uh, omega-3 as well, and now we are learning that they can actually help us sleep. And how about if you're feeling kind of ho-hum, you kind of got the blues, kind of late end of this has been a really long winter and is the sun ever going to come out? Well, guess what? Some studies now are showing that you can actually cut your odds of depression more than half by frequent consumption of vegetables. And that's just so easy to do if you got a juicer or you got a blender and you just throw some of those greens in with your smoothie. Fascinating, fascinating information. Now, what does this all have to do with the show that we are doing this very day? Well, I'll tell you what. Dr. Greger is out there checking out all the scientific articles that are available in English that are coming out now. He's been doing this for the past several years. And people have been keeping track of this kind of information and making it available online for everything written since 1980. But did people know stuff before 1980? Hmm. We know that some of the diseases that were prevalent 100, 120 years ago were written about in great detail and described extremely well by the physicians of that era. Did they have some ideas that maybe we don't want to lose? 
Well, my guest will be coming up right after the break thinks that is absolutely the case. So he spent 25 years. Have you ever spent 25 years on anything? I guess raising a child through graduate school, (laughs) that's a 25-year project. But my guest coming up, Dr. Alan Immerman and his wife, devoted 25 years to scouring the medical literature from 1880 to 1980 to find out what was being learned, what was being discovered then about heart disease, cancer, vegetarian diets, detoxification, fasting, some of the buzzwords of right now that people were looking at then. He has compiled them all into a huge body of medical literature that is called the Immerman Files. And he is going to be sharing all that with us in just a minute. And in that minute, I just want to tell you where I'm going to be hanging out coming up so that maybe if we are in the same part of the world, we could get together and and hang out and learn things together. This coming Sunday, the 6th of April, 2014, I will be in Worcester, Massachusetts for the Worcester Veg Fest. And later on, um, the 3rd of May, Baltimore, Maryland for the Baltimore Veg Fest. And then the 9th, 10th, and 11th of May, I'm going out to Northern California for the hoedown, the Farm Sanctuary hoedown at their Orland, California location. So just check out farmsanctuary.org and uh, see what you can find out about that. And then finally, if you are going to be down in South Florida, I'm going to be featured at the Literary Jazz Brunch at the Ritz Coconut Grove. Doesn't that sound lovely? Uh, there in the Miami area on the 17th of May with some real writers. I love doing things with fiction writers because sometimes we nonfiction writers feel like, well, yeah, we write, but they really write. But I'll be there with Jody Picoult, Trish Hartman uh, Unger, all sorts of wonderful, wonderful writers at the uh, Literary Jazz Brunch. And for information on that, you can write to contact at Lorna. Owens.com, L-O-R-N-A-O-W-E-N-S. That's a wonderful fundraiser um, to prevent infant and maternal mortality in sub-Saharan Africa. So if you're in any of those places, I would so love to cross paths with you because, you know, you're my peeps and we're all out to change the world and make things better. So stay with us through these announcements and we'll be back with Dr. Alan Immerman and those fascinating, historical, incredible Immerman files right after this. Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. What if you could experience vibrant health? 
help heal the planet. And be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back, everybody. So happy to have you today as part of the Main Street Vegan program and really happy to be introducing my guest. I always check out my guests. I always want to bring you people that I know to be of high quality. This time, I'm actually bringing you someone that I have known for, oh gosh, 35 years anyway, so I can totally vouch for him. My guest is Dr. Alan Immerman. He has been a licensed chiropractic physician for the past 34 years, but he has been a student and teacher of the natural hygienic way of health and healing for the past 40 years. He is currently the president of the Arizona Chiropractic Society, and he has put together, as I was telling you earlier, the Immerman Files. These are thousands of peer-reviewed medical and scientific journal studies from 1880 to 1980, almost none of which are known about today because almost none are searchable by computer. So it's so exciting that today we are going to be finding out about fasting, nutrition, detoxification, heart disease, cancer, exercise, all sorts of things from a historical perspective. Ah, Dr. Immerman, I've waited so long to have you on the show, and I'm so excited to get to ask you all these questions. Thank you, Victoria. It's a real pleasure to be here and to be with your audience. I'm honored to be here. 
Well, it's wonderful to just know how long you have been in this work, how committed you are, how consistent you are. In the old, old days when I went vegan, Jay Dinshaw, who was president of the American Vegan Society, would say that to be a healthy vegan, the other side of that is to practice natural hygiene. Now, that's not a term that a lot of people these days are familiar with. So can you give us just a definition of natural hygiene? Well, yes. Uh, Natural hygiene is a foreign term. And even when I heard it first 40 years ago, I thought, does this have something to do with dental hygiene? And in some ways it does, because it has to do with keeping your body clean inside, the same way dental hygiene has to do with keeping your teeth clean. Um, Natural hygiene is simply the normal way that human beings were supposed to live, uh, uh, unfettered by what we sometimes call modern civilization, which is not all that civilized in many ways, ways, shape, and form. I like to say that if you look at the way other primates live, gorillas and apes and monkeys in the jungle, uh, the way that they live is really the way that human beings are supposed to live. You don't see any cook stoves in the jungle. You don't see any campfires. You don't see gorillas sitting around roasting uh, chicken wings. Uh, So in other words, the diet is primarily raw. There's very little cooked food, although you can incorporate some cooked food. You can use some cooked grains and some cooked legumes. It's primarily a vegan diet. Um, It involves a lot of physical activity. Our cousins, the primates in the jungles, are always being physically active. And it's just a very natural, normal lifestyle consisting of whole foods. Um, There are no Uh, grain processing mills that turn whole grains into white flour and and white rice. So all the grain products are whole grains. So, and then natural hygiene recognizes that when people feel sick, generally they lose their appetite. Um, If you look at your dog, when your dog feels sick, your dog loses his or her appetite. And so it's natural when you feel sick not to eat. But the the medical profession today doesn't recognize that this is a natural instinct and tells you to keep eating even when you're sick. We tell you that when you're sick and you're not feeling hungry, to capitalize on that and not eat. And so not eating is a major part of natural hygiene. Uh, America is a country where two-thirds of the population is overweight or obese. And all of us need to do a lot more of not eating, which we then term fasting. Now, if you have a chronic illness or if you're on medications, We recommend fasting only under supervision by somebody who knows what they're doing because otherwise you can run into complications. But the general concept of fasting is critical 
to the philosophy of natural hygiene. That when you get sick, if you will fast, and now fasting doesn't mean going on juices, because juices are high in calories. Juices is eating food. So when you go on a, quote, juice fast, well, that's a contradiction in terms. You're eating food. You're going on juices. So when we talk about fasting, we're talking about going on water, where you're really not taking in any food at all. And to do that, you need to be off work, you need to be at home, you need to be resting all the time. So you need to be very serious about how you do it, and that's why you really need to seek out a doctor who knows how to supervise this. Right, and, but, and we have had as a guest Dr. Alan Goldhammer of True North Health in uh, Santa Rosa, California. That's really one of the few water fasting institutes left in this country. There are quite a few in Europe, quite a few in Eastern Europe. But Dr. Goldhammer has been part of the uh, hygienic movement for a very long time, and so a lot of people are not aware. Um, it was Dr. Furman, who was our guest a couple of weeks ago. Dr. Furman, Eat to Live very well-known, highly respected uh, physician out there in the world today. But just as Deepak Chopra came from Ayurveda, all of these individuals came from natural hygiene. It's kind of good to know the beginnings. And Dr. Goldhammer is somebody who I wholeheartedly endorse. We've been friends since he was back in chiropractic college 35 years ago. And Dr. Furman and I have been friends for a long, long time as well. <clears throat> Dr. Goldhammer has a wonderful facility in Santa Rosa, California, that is accessible and very affordable. Anybody who needs to fast can easily get to the facility and can easily afford the fees that are charged. I recommend his facility so strongly that my wife and her two sisters are going out there in June for two weeks. Ah, so oh. you can you can fast if you're not sick. You can fast as a preventative. Absolutely. Or if you want, you can go there and you can go on a strict vegan diet, and then they have a whole educational program to teach you how to live a vegan lifestyle. He has a commercially um, licensed kitchen there, and he has cooks and chefs who really know what they're doing. And so fasting is available to anybody who's really serious about wanting to do it. And if you have a chronic condition, if you have diabetes, if you have high blood pressure, if you have a heart condition, um, before you let your doctors do heavy-duty intervention like a bypass surgery or a stent procedure or put you on heavy drugs, for high blood pressure and diabetes, you should go to Dr. Goldhammer's and go on a fast and, and then return to your doctor and chances are your doctor's going to faint. <laughs> hey, what happened to you? You're not the same person that you were when I saw you before. I'm not going to do a bypass surgery on you now. You don't need it anymore. And these are the things that I discovered in, back in 1980, in the late 70s, when I went through the medical literature that was not computer-indexed, these were the things that I found was that um, you could reverse atherosclerosis, uh, the buildup of plaque 
and fat in your coronary blood vessels. It was all proven scientifically. It just hadn't been proven in mankind. It had only been proven in animals, but it had been proven in monkeys and apes, and it had been proven in every other form of mammal. And so even back in 1980, we felt that we had plenty of scientific justification for saying that our program would reverse heart disease. Mm. Then in the 1980s is when Dr. Dean Ornish did his first scientific study with human beings that proved that you could reverse heart disease with this type of vegan, uh, raw foods, completely plant-based diet. Uh, Natural hygiene involves plant-based nutrition. That's more of a comfortable term that people are used to hearing now. But it's a vegan diet. It's plant-based nutrition. There's no dairy foods at all. There's no animal foods at all. There's no eggs at all. It's all fruits and vegetables, seeds and nuts, legumes and grains. And there's so many cookbooks out there now. I know. It's amazing. I think sometimes people buy them to read more than to cook with. It's amazing. Compared to back in 1980, there were the only cookbook that was around then was, do you remember the cookbook 10 Talents from the Oh, yeah, I have 10 Talents. I still use it, 10 Talents in the Vegan Kitchen. That was, I, still have, I still have 10 Talents, too, when I was in my 20s, because I started this when I was 20 years old in 1970, and the only cookbook that I could find was 10 Talents from the Seventh-day Adventists because that religious group has been vegetarian-oriented for all these years. Right. I did a a blog post not about maybe a month ago called In Praise of the Classic Cookbooks, and I wrote about four vegan cookbooks that are at least 25 years old. So it was Ten Talents, The Vegan Kitchen, Marilyn Diamond's uh, American Vegetarian Cookbook from the Fit for Life Kitchen, Ingrid Newkirk's Compassionate Cook, and Jennifer Raymond's Peaceful Palate. And those are some good, simple recipes that don't have a lot of funny food that you have to go find someplace odd. (laughs) So it's all good. We have such a heritage. One of the things I love about natural hygiene, there are two things. One that I've always remembered is that phrase, the body is a self-healing mechanism when given the needs of life and otherwise left alone. And when you think about disease, it's either, well, some of the needs are missing or the body has been intruded upon by some force. So that really describes natural hygiene to me. And so does the idea someone shared with me once that in Greek mythology, there were two goddesses of healing, Hygieia and Panacea. And Hygieia was just what you talked about, being clean from the inside, taking good care of yourself. And then if all else failed, you might have to resort to Panacea (laughs) or the various treatment modalities. But if you could stick with Hygieia, you could pretty much leave Panacea alone, which I thought was a a good description as well. So, Dr. Emmerman, what gave you the idea to compile the Emmerman files? Well, a relentless pursuit of the truth. Um, When I was in chiropractic college, I believed in natural hygiene, and it had worked well for me personally. 
but I felt that before I was going to preach this and impose it on my patients, I wanted to make sure that what I was teaching and preaching was scientifically true and sound. And so I started to look through the literature to see what the literature had to say about it, to make, just to make sure that what I was saying was true. That's what was really driving me at the time. For example, um, in the mid-1970s and early 1970s, I got off on the vitamin kick, and I was taking tons of vitamin pills every single day because I had just heard and read the different books that said that that's what you should do. Well, I decided that before I was going to uh, be prescribing all these pills to all my patients, I wanted to make sure that, it, that they really were necessary and they really were safe. So the more I studied, well, I don't need to take this vitamin. And then the more I studied, well, I guess I don't need to do this one either. And then the more I studied, well, I guess I don't need to take this one either. And I got to the point where by the time 1980 came around, I wasn't taking anything and I wasn't prescribing anything because I realized that there was no scientific basis for it. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. So since the article started going on the Internet, those that were written after 1980, but when you started collecting these, there was no Internet. Were you just collecting them for your own purposes? Well, first I was collecting them for my own purposes, but then I discovered the American Natural Hygiene Society. And they wanted copies of everything that I collected. So I made double copies of everything that I collected and supplied them to the American Natural Hygiene Society. And then they made me their director of research. So I became very involved with the whole group of natural hygiene doctors that were involved with the American Natural Hygiene Society and sharing all of my articles with all of them. And then... Um, I wrote a number of articles for the American Chiropractic Association Journal to send out to all the chiropractors nationwide, uh, revealing to them what I had found. And what sort of response do you get from doctors of chiropractic? I, I know in the medical world it's really mixed and people have their different philosophies. So I would imagine that within chiropractic there's probably some pushback as well. I know a lot of, of chiropractic physicians do sell a lot of supplements and that sort of thing. Uh, frankly, uh, I get limited interest, but uh, my attitude is, is that if I can convince one doctor of the validity of these thoughts and ideas, then that doctor then in turn, over the course of his or her career, is going to influence thousands of people. This is true. So, so what was the biggest surprise to you about what was known medically and scientifically in the earliest days? Let's go back to the early days of what you've been researching, say before 1920. Were they completely in the dark or did they know some things that were valid, that are valid? Uh, they knew so much that was valid even back then. Um, to this day, it's astonishing to me how much they knew back then that was valid. That 
uh, was just never carried forward because none of the, the journal articles were, were um, searchable via computer. And they, they say, you know, if, if you don't study history, you're bound to repeat it. Well, they just never studied their history. But then what happened was the drug companies got to be so, 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 so big that they just dominated medical care. They swarmed doctors' offices, convincing doctors that they had the cures for diseases. And the doctors just thought, well, this is an easy way to deal with this condition. But I look at something like rheumatoid arthritis, where um, the research is there to show the exact chemical that's present in meat that causes rheumatoid arthritis. It is proven beyond doubt. And when you go on a vegan diet and you have rheumatoid arthritis, you still have rheumatoid arthritis. You just don't even know that you have it. And you don't need to take any drugs at all. And for the entire medical profession to completely ignore that body of research is criminal, in my opinion. And even in 1980, for the medical profession to ignore the influence of diet on heart disease. In 1980, the American Heart Association official position was there is no relationship between diet and heart disease. That was their official position. And the literature itself was overwhelmingly in favor of the opposite position. And so there's so much disconnect between what's actually in the literature and what was actually happening in standard conventional medical practice. Well, and I think that's probably still true today because we know so much that's being shown with Dr. Ornish and Dr. Esselstyn and so much that um, Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine is doing, some of it even funded by the National Institutes of Health. And yet most people, when they go to a doctor, are given very watered down kinds of recommendations. But that's why there are all those cookbooks and shows like this one and people like you who have some other ways of looking at things, somewhat I consider really bright ways of looking at things. Now, if people want to find you, and we are going to be taking a break here in a second and we'll be coming back, but is there a website or somewhere that people can go? My website is azchiropractors.org. Okie doke. So you can check out Dr. Immerman there. We are going to take an absolutely fascinating break. And when we come back, we're going to get into the actual nuts and bolts of what was known a way long time ago about how to get well and be radiant. Stay with us. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. 
We know that God is the source of our prosperity, but how do we manifest it in our lives? We simply change our limiting patterns around money, relationships, and health. Then, naturally, our vitality goes up, and so does our cash flow. We start to live with purpose, sharing our unique ability. Join us on Prosperity Power Hour every Monday at 1 p.m. Central Time to claim your divine inheritance. Prosperity for all. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan. When I have a really fascinating guest, I get going during the breaks and just keep talking. And there is Jeff, the engineer, doing this pinwheel motion with his finger to get me to stop talking. So let's just jump in, invite everyone into this conversation. If you are listening live today and you want to give a call, we're at 888-558-6489. You can ask a question of Dr. Emmerman, but right now I have a question, and that is, let's go back 100 years. Let's go back to 1914. So looking at the illnesses that were being studied at that time versus the ones that are being studied now, what were the differences? Well, back at that time, they didn't have all of the drugs that they have right now. And so they had to rely more on changing people's diets than they do right now. And so they did work more with diet. But they also did some crazy things. They knew that a lot of disease was coming from having the wrong bacteria in the intestines. And so they were really on the right track. And they knew that when they changed the diet towards a vegan plant-based diet, they could clear up the bad bacteria in the intestines. But in spite of that fact, some of these doctors wouldn't work with diet. They would even go in and do surgery and remove parts of the intestine because it was so diseased. Uh, the use of fasting never got to be widely ex- accepted or widely respected in the medical profession around the early 20th century. So it was always just something kind of on the side, although I know there was a lot of medical research in the 70s and 80s in the former Soviet Union they were really looking at fasting for a while, and then I guess a lot of that was lost. You know, I when I did my research, I really did not come upon fasting research from the former Soviet Union in the 70s and 80s. Part of it being a language barrier. Uh, yeah. If only it, I had had the tools that I have now where you can just click a button on your screen, it'll translate from Russian to English. Well, there are some very good things about living right now. (laughs) So have you found information that was considered common knowledge in earlier times that we know now was just wrong? 
not so much, no. And and conversely, did they did the earlier researchers have some information that maybe we should be revisiting? Well, you look at a doctor like Arnold Errett from the 20s and 30s and Dr. John Tilden from around the same time. When I first read their books, Arnold Errett wrote the book, The Mucusless, Mucusless Diet Healing System. And John Tilden wrote the book, Toxemia, The Cause of All Disease. Both both standard conventional medical doctors at the time. When I first read their books, before I did the Immerman files, I thought that they were just extremists in the medical community. But I came to realize that they were conventional. They were very conventional medical doctors at their time, writing about what was generally thought to be true at that time. It's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. I I know that natural hygiene actually came out of some medical doctors like Dr. Tilden who were saying, okay, the, the advice to not eat anything raw, the advice to keep your windows closed, <laughs> don't shower really often. Maybe that's not the best advice. And so they came from that and, and introduced um, some of these new ideas, which I guess are, are still new to a lot of people today. So based on your immersion in the scientific literature of really over a hundred years, what do you believe is the ideal diet for humans? Well, there's no question that it's a plant-based diet. I mean, human beings are primates and anybody who goes to the zoo and looks at the mountain gorilla exhibit uh, will see that the, the diet for a mountain gorilla is fruits and vegetables and seeds and nuts and maybe a handful of termites, although I'm not prescribing termites. You can get your termite allowance through a handful of seeds. Um, human beings are primates, and we are meant to be vegetarians, and we are meant to eat primarily raw food. We can eat uh modest amounts of cooked foods in the form of cooked grains and cooked legumes. But um, the ideal diet for human beings is does not involve, it certainly does not involve the intake of any dairy products at all. Um, human beings shouldn't be drinking cow's milk any more than human beings should be drinking dog milk or pig milk, or the milk of any other species. Cow's milk is for baby cows, period. So when I, when I work with people with, <coughs> with diet, the very first, first thing that I will do <coughs> is cut out all dairy products. Well, I think dairy that's what... That seems to be what makes people feel the best. You know, lots of people will go vegetarian first. That's great. That's fabulous. But they say, it's when I got rid of the dairy that I actually started to 
feel different. I know uh, Mary Lou Henner that we've had on the show got rid of dairy first and the other animal products later. And that was her experience that you, you get the, the milk and the cheese out of your diet. And all of a sudden the body is saying, wow, no lactose to deal with and no casein to deal with. This is really, really cool. And we don't think that it's really coming out of a cow very often. You know, we think it comes out of a carton and you get it at the supermarket. But I was having one of my guilty pleasures and watching some reality TV the other day. And on that show about the people that have all the kids, I think it's 20 kids and counting at this point. It used to be 18. I think they're up to 20. Anyway, they... they toured England or Ireland or somewhere and they were at a an old time working farm and they actually squirted milk from the cow udder into their mouths and I thought I'm so glad they did that because that is so colossally weird when you see it and when people yeah. actually get that image maybe a few of them will wake up well and if people actually, um, before they eat meat, if they actually had to go out and kill and dress the animal before they ate it, 99% of meat eaters would never eat meat again. Yeah, it's true. It's like that uh, Paul McCartney quotation, if slaughterhouses had glass walls, everybody would be a vegetarian. So, 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 so true. So but let's... Dairy- Dairy products are just a totally foreign food for human beings. If you go to any allergist and say, what is the most common food for people to be allergic to? Uh, In the top two or three, it's going to be dairy foods. Yeah. It's just not a natural food for human beings to, to ingest at all. Yeah. 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 Milk is tough. So, we're we're making such huge strides now, and we've got a lot of scientific backup for recommending plant-based diets. Now, this doesn't mean that there's not pushback. Somebody put something on Twitter today about a study that they did in Austria that showed that people who were vegetarian did have lower blood pressure, lower body mass index, but they had, I think they said, more depression and... Uh, and more cancer, actually, they said. So I know that you can find anything in a study, but it seems that the overwhelming literature is saying plant-based diets, if not 100%, at least 90%, are definitely the way to go. So were these recommendations being made in these early time periods as well? When did, did people start recommending plant-based eating? Oh, it's been recommended uh, for decades But as far as that study that you're quoting from Austria, I would love to see where that study was published. Anybody can say there was a study published, but then you have to to look into the details of where it was published. Was it peer-reviewed? Was it published in a reputable journal? And and we lay people don't really know those answers. I did look to see that it said that it was not funded by anybody. It was self-funded by the researchers and that 
you know, nobody was trying to prove a point. I mean, I remember years ago there was some work done at, I believe it was Creighton University about dairy, but it was all funded by the Dairy Council. So I was able to look at that, you know, with a a little bit of a a grain of salt. But I I love it that this is happening now, and I find it interesting to, to connect to the history. So looking at all that's been studied in the past and all that's being studied now, what do you think research science should be giving its attention to these days? Well, I think when you look at the research that Dr. Dean Ornish is doing right now, um, he just had a recent study that came out that showed that with this diet, um, he's able to measure and show that there's a slowing of the aging process. I would like to see um, tons of money go in the direction of Dr. Dean Ornish and the work that he's doing Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn at the Cleveland Clinic. I'd like to see more money go in the direction of any research that he wants to do. Dr. Colin Campbell, Dr. Alan Goldhammer. Um, you know, we've got the researchers. They just need to be funded. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have the Dairy yeah. Council. Well, maybe we have the, uh, I don't know, the Broccoli Council. You know, we have Dr. John McDougall, who's doing fantastic work, and if he had more money, he would do some research. Well, I know he's done some work with MS, which is fascinating. There evidently was a lot of work done at the University of Oregon by a a Dr. Swank, who's now deceased, on a low-fat, plant-based diet for reversing multiple sclerosis. Pretty exciting stuff. And I love what you talked about with Dr. Ornish and the aging process. He's looking at these telomeres that are are part of the DNA, and they're these little protective caps. And as they shorten, age-related diseases get to be more prevalent. And as they lengthen, people seem to get younger. It's pretty magical. And he's proven it. He's already published a study and proven his theory, and it's been well, published in a peer-reviewed medical journal. So, and Dr. Swank's work that Dr. McDougall is re- reproducing right now is um, part of the Immerman files. All well, of Dr. Swank's studies are part of the Immerman files. Very cool. So when somebody wants to read the Immerman files, do you have to be a physician or can anybody see them? You have to be a human being. Although oh. I suppose if you're, if you're an animal with reading abilities, you could read those too. <laughs> so how does, <laughs> how does said human being or animal get these Immerman files? You go to a website that is a wonderful website. It's called soilandhealth.org. Soilandhealth.org, and you spell out the and? Uh, I'm sorry? Is the and spelled out, or is it an ampersand? No, it's just soilandhealth.org. Okay. And we click on the Immerman files, and that's where we find them? You just, you navigate to their, they have a few different libraries, three or four different libraries, and you navigate to the library on health books. Uh Uh-huh. 
and then you just scroll down to Emmerman. Fantastic. And I know you've got information in there about, well, I'll just start with the A's, acupuncture, aging, allergy, asthma, eye health, arthritis, blood and hormones, calcium, dairy, and osteoporosis, cancer, cardiovascular disease, cooking and food processing effects, diabetes, exercise, fasting, fever, GI diseases. I mean, it's really everything and absolutely fascinating for people who have an interest in their own health and the health of this planet. So I wanted to, you know, with calcium, for example, you know, the, the calcium requirement is set in this country so high that you almost either have to take supplements or you have to use dairy. Well, something sounded fishy to me about all of that. So I did all the research and I found out that it's just not true. The the calcium requirement is set much higher than you really need to. Part of the reason being because Americans eat way too much protein and the more protein you need you eat, the more calcium you need. It's all fascinating, and and it it all fits together in a really, really interesting way. So thank you so much, Dr. Alan Immerman. The website, if you want to read all of this cool information from 1880 to 1990, soilandhealth.org, click on Immerman, and you can read all that great stuff. And speaking of great stuff... I want to clue you in on who is going to be showing up here um, coming up next week and shortly thereafter next week. We have a couple of fascinating women. We've got Melissa Elliott from Vegan Cuts. She's an expert on vegan beauty. And we have uh, Jessica from RawGeneration.com. I'm always fascinated by these wonderful vegan companies. Somebody just gets an idea to do some good in the world and they just go out and start something, as Jessica did with Raw Generation Cold Press Juices. So we'll have two great business women next week. And the following week, just to give you a heads up, the 16th of April, 2014, we're going to have Austin Aries, who is a pro wrestler. Woohoo! There are vegans doing everything. There are vegans making people healthy. And there are vegans in sport, and there are vegans in entertainment, and we try to bring you some of all of them. So thank you all so much for being part of the Main Street Vegan Adventure. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for giving us a nice review there on iTunes. And between now and next week, God bless you richly and eat those veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. 
They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on this message from Daily Word. Is something in your life causing you concern? Don't be discouraged. The presence of God is peace and harmony. Healing and creative ideas is with you every moment of every day, providing the help you need. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. You are a spiritual being, blessed with all that you need for happiness and fulfillment. God's wisdom will guide you. God's strength will help you do all that you need to do. And God's joy will lighten your heart with hope and courage. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. At the base of all life is the infinite wellspring of Source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that Source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Rev. Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 